Uh, well, I'll just say, firstly, kind of thank you very much for joining us. Um, and so we've got some kind of questions, but like I said, we kind of want to keep it kind of an informal discussion about the programme that, you know, Mercedes and I have put together is um, called the Common People Programme, which is, you know, talks and walks and events and there's music and things around the theme of working class and what that means in 2021. And sometimes it's about, you know, the past and looking about what that kind of working class identity and culture has meant in the past. And some of it is about kind of looking at that today. Sometimes it's exploring it. Sometimes it's just celebrating it, you know. Um, so we wanted to kind of make a programme with lots of different reasons and ways and formats that might attract all sorts of different audiences um, and you know Mercedes and I are both in this kind of sector which is the kind of arts and cultural and community engagement and heritage kind of sector and and work in that and we met because you work and do you want to say a little bit about what you do and, and then how how we met yeah, okay. Um, so basically, I messaged Amy and was just like, hi, like you're like the first young kind of person <laughs> I've met who's like, seems to be always doing pretty well and like, it's just nice to see someone, yeah, doing some, like, something different to what I'm used to. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of just got talking and kind of got this kind of together now. And thanks, thanks for coming. <laughs> and I guess like it was really nice having that conversation because we both identified as working class and not mm. maybe not always like died in the wool working class but as in like oh working class that kind of means something not quite sure can mm. I say I'm working class now but I think I definitely came from that background yeah. and even if we didn't maybe know the words to describe it we both felt like we didn't fit in with certain situations and we talked about that a lot didn't yeah. we about like studying or being in that work environment or not um, using the right kind of language or feeling like you're not the right kind of person to be doing those kind of things. So mm. we ended up talking a lot about that and then thought that this was a good thing to talk about other people too and then in a kind of recorded way that, that can be shared. So I don't know if you want to maybe start with the first kind of question yeah, and then we'll see where that goes. So, sorry, one second, <laughs> to get them up. Um, so basically... Well, Amy came up with questions, but <laughs> so um, how does your relationship with class in the heritage or arts culture sector um, affect you and your work? Do you want me to read out again? That's a big question. That's a many-parted question. Um, I've, I've just off a heritage project, so finished in, well, because of lockdown, we were supposed to finish last December, but everything kind of carried on. We did... We finished in March, but then we still had to deliver stuff post that. And we are based in Hackney. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from the past, say, five to six years, where we've really engaged with, I would say, mostly working-class people, because we work in Hackney, Islington, Tamlitz, is mostly working-class, but not all, because it's a, a, a fair old mixed bunch. All those boroughs have got other... Yeah. Others, so you know, it's pretty broad. London, it's just London. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is taking people from a working class background into a heritage building. Mm. They, A, don't believe that they're allowed in there. B, they don't realise how much of it is free. And C, they don't understand that ownership of it is for the country. So it's paid a lot of the time by the government or by the um, National Lottery, Heritage Fund, Arts Council, whatever. But we all pay into that. Mm. Yeah. So, and we won't 
we won't obviously be addressing who doesn't pay into that, but gets benefits from it. But as a working person, you're paying into that, and you do own it. And it's just people saying, am I allowed? Yeah. And you go, yes, you are. So just, just jumping off of what you and Amy were saying about not feeling right. So sometimes you have to go in more banded. Mm. So whenever, say for instance, whenever people who are othered or feel marginalised go anywhere, people go, why do they bring all their mates? Well, they have to bring all their mates in case they get a doing. And that is like in your DNA if mm. you come from a a working class background, it's very tribal, so you have to take your mates with you, even if they're not interested, yeah. even if it's only two mates who are really not interested, but you want to go, they're like your bodyguard. Yeah. So if the work, if the person taking them to the heritage building is from working class background, they relax and don't feel they've got to bring all their mates mm. because they know you'll take care of it. Mm. Yeah, no, I remember going to the RA and walking around and being like, oh, how long am I supposed to be looking at this for? <laughs> or just be like, yeah, really conscious and really like aware of like how long I'm looking at this something for, or what are they looking at, or do you know like those things that you're not actually taught as like, well, if you've never been to that environment, you're not really taught how to do that in a way until like you're in yeah. that environment with like I don't know, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's like you don't really know how to kind of behave or react. Yeah. And I remember Lil, you taught me a new phrase which is being chippy yeah. <laughs> uh, which I wish I've known and probably people have been using that term against me like my whole life oh, absolutely. but I didn't know that and then like having to learn those behaviors mm. like as an adult I think then like made me chippier because you know sometimes like like my friend uh, you know Liam our name on this podcast <laughs> Liam said this to me once uh we you know there was a classical music concert here and I've never been to a classical music I didn't know how to behave and um apparently you don't clap yeah. until the end now mm. I didn't know this yeah, yeah. and uh, no one clapped and I was like Liam no no one's clapping do they not like it and he was like no you, you clap at the end and I was like oh how, how am I supposed to know that you know how how do you where do you learn these kind of things and then he was like oh Amy just just relax just enjoy it and I was like but now I'm just thinking, I can't, what if I get the clapping wrong? I can't relax now. And then it was kind of like, I'm not choosing to be chippy. It's just like I'm questioning and asking and, you know, I didn't know about those kind of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. It's really weird because um, I think it was Nina Simone who complained about how much classical music is venerated but jazz isn't. Mm. And yet in jazz, you clap. Right. Yeah. You yeah. clap the solos, mm -hmm. you're quiet, they mm. don't mind a bit of chatting, it's dance music, but that, that's it right there for me. It's that appreciation right in the moment though. But, yeah. that's, but it's also about that class difference, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Because jazz has never been uh, exclusive. Well, now it is. Yeah, it's now, it's, now, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's grown out of, a, of, a, of music that was for the people and now it's become this weird... Yeah, intellectual weird, exercise. Intellectual thing where people sit and act like they're kind of thinking instead of feeling. Mm. Um, and I think, um, to kind of go back to the question for me in terms of how it definitely affects my work, because I don't think you can separate yourself from your work. And what it makes me do is always be aware of who's not in the room. And, and that feeling that you're talking about of not feeling like you belong, because I feel really passionately that people should you know, the whole thing that we all pay for it, it doesn't matter who you are, all those, you know, the majority of people who play the lottery 
are not our working class people, obviously, yeah. and they should have the most access. You know, we pay into these these institutions and actually then feel like we can't go in. So I just think, for me, it's always at the forefront of my mind. I can't sit in a room and not notice who's not not there, and I think that's not standard in our in industry. People don't notice that we're not there. Mm don't notice that there are all these kind of unsaid rules about how to interact in the space that nobody tells you about, which then make you feel anxious. Mm, yeah. And then you think, oh, I'm feeling anxious, I'm not gonna go, because I'm, you know, and, and it is a lot of it is in our heads, and it, you know, but because nobody has, it's a very British thing not to have a conversation about mm. it, so you can't get through, it's harder to get through. Mm. But, um, like, I always remember having the experience of, of going to a, an opera in um, in Barcelona and how very different that was from mm, the experience here. Really? Because mm. it was just, I was on my own, mm. one. I'm a black woman walking into a space. Nobody really cared. Nobody dressed up. Mm. People did clap afterwards, after the show, after things. People did clap when they thought that was a particularly brilliant aria or whatever. Yeah. It was very, it's very casual. It's just like, oh, everyone goes to the opera. It's not a biggie. It's like popular music yeah. in, in, in terms of how people responded to it. Whereas here, I remember going to the opera house and going, just walking in, just the sheer scale of everything mm. just made me go, oh God, I just need to be quiet. Oh my God, I stick out. And just, you know, doing that stuff in your head the whole time of going, being aware of being watched. Yeah. So that's what it is, you, your, your head's going, if I'm being watched, then what am I doing wrong? <laughs> That's what I feel like I was always doing. So I think it's always about trying to make people feel comfortable in spaces that I've worked in um, and that the work that I'm making hopefully makes people feel comfortable. I really love when, when it's really clear when there's a working class audience and I love that people yeah. are loud in yeah. a good way, because they're just telling you that they're enjoying it. They're, they're responding to the moment. They're not going, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Or I really hate that <laughs> that people do at theatres, which isn't a real laugh. Yeah. And you go, oh, I've missed the joke. What, what, what is it that they're going, <laughs> instead I mean, I of actually know, laughing? I don't know if it is English, because you know if you watch Irish theatre, right, in yeah. Dublin, they're real noisy. But, yeah, you know what I mean? maybe it's an English thing. I don't know, maybe... It's I don't know kind of weird is. reserve, but then when you go to somewhere like, I don't know, Theatre or Stratford East, if you yeah, think about yeah, their yeah. audiences and their haters, loud, really loud, loud. talk to people on stage and laugh out loud, and I just think, and if you're not any good, they'll start commenting, and you know, you've got to just work <laughs> through it. But I just love that, because it's, it's the liveness of it. Um, but I know that it makes lots of other people tut. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, but I quite like it. It's, yeah, it just makes it kind of interesting for me. Cheryl, you said something um, earlier, um, which was about kind of the flip side, of, uh, maybe that's the wrong way to describe it, about like being a working class person or coming from that working class background and that there's kind of good sides in working to kind of, you know, arts and culture and things in that you maybe tend to be m more of a people person or you know how to deal with kind of people and... Um, that I suppose, I mean, you could argue then that would be a case for like more working class people being in kind of like leadership or higher positions and things like that because you've got a set of skills because of your kind of relationship with class that allows you to be able to know what people's needs are or, you know, uh, be able to just communicate with 
different yeah. types of people. Mm. Yeah, I think you can... I mean, I found it a struggle to be in heritage and engage with the people I work with. And I, um, about four years ago, I told someone about my background and their comment to me was, so that's why you're like you are. Mm. <laughs> that's why you are yeah. chippy sometimes. Mm. And, and sometimes I sit around a room Were you offended when they said that? What, what, how did you feel when they said I that? I wasn't offended. I just was quite interested that they seemed to think I was different because obviously they don't come from the background I do. And to the people who, to my family and friends from when I was a kid, I'm, I'm posh mm. and they can't deal with that. Um, and I have a real difficulty with my family. And I'm just, I mean, I've got 10 siblings um, and we're all different levels. So I'm just starting to have a conversation with one of them again after 20 years because they couldn't, they couldn't understand my development yeah. and how I'd go. But yet again, like you said, I can understand other people's. And what we're talking about is cultural confidence, yeah. is giving people the confidence. So we spend in Islington, in the heritage, we do a lot of work on giving people the confidence to stand up and say what they think about a painting or to go into, say, Sadler's Wells. So we created this thing called, in South Clarkhamer, called um, Finsbury Fox. It's a map. And the whole idea is, is that families with this stuffed fox mm. um, do this trail around all the wonderful things in that area. You know, whether it's Sadler's Wells or the Almeida or the Marks Memorial Library, to get them to cross the threshold mm. to go, actually, this is for me, this is part of me, I can go in there and do this. And it's given them that cultural confidence because when they do it again and again and again, then they feel more confident and they yeah. feel it's... Because like yeah. you said, Karina, you go into these places and you think... Is anyone looking at me? No, they're not. Yeah. Or if they are, they're interested in what you're wearing or mm -hmm. something. Because I go to the opera house and go, oh, I like that or I don't like that. But it's, it's this thing of not feeling. And I think you constantly feel, I feel I'm a bit rough around the edges when I'm in these situations. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that in your head? or Is that you feeling you're rough around the edges? Or, has, or do you think other people have said that or indicated that in some way? I think when I was younger, people indicated it. I tell you mm -hmm. what, I learned not to swear at work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm trying to learn how to not do that. I keep coming out with things. Like, no, can't, can't do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think it's, it's so... I, I, don't, I feel like I don't feel as um, awkward in my head now than I did when I first started. And I don't think, it's, I was, when I was coming to this, I was thinking about um, class. I think when I was growing up, I never really thought about class because no. everybody was the same, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And even initially coming into this profession, because I came through, a, you know, an art center in, in South London, we're all very, we're all again, very much the same. So it didn't occur to me that, that going to the arts was gonna be that that was going to be a strange environment, that there weren't going to be people like me. And then when I started to, when you start to kind of move up, that's when you get into those spaces where you're like, oh, people think I'm really different and they mm. think that's really weird. Or, um, and it's not about how you speak, because I think, you know, I was a working class kid that went to a weird posh school, so absolutely everybody said, oh, you're posh because of the way you speak, which is not about how you grow and what environment you're in. So I, I, that was never the issue. Um, 
but there was definitely it's that it's a confidence thing i think class gives yeah. confidence mm -hmm. to be in spaces that you don't know but feel that you should be yeah. <laughs> which i think is always something that's much harder to negotiate when you're um yeah when you're not of that and there's you know it's why I know colonialism works, why people can go to bloody India, never learn any language yeah. and go, but I belong here. Mm. And, and never question why it's not okay to not learn the language, not learn the culture, not consider yourself still to be British or middle class or whatever, so. Well, I mean, yeah. if, you, if most people from a working class background, not all, because there are some lovely housing association properties, but by and large, they're not living in beauty. Mm. They don't think they deserve beauty because those in charge don't think they deserve beauty. Mm. They don't think they're entitled to space because those in charge know spaces for rich people. Mm. And so when you do maybe go to somewhere like the banqueting house in Whitehall, yeah. which is so stunning, I walked in and I just cried. You know, I had a, like a Julia Roberts moment. <laughs> I just <laughs> cried. And even now thinking about it, I'm getting that weird thing you get in your head when you're exposed to something that gorgeous. Um, but again, that was another one. It was only a fiver to get in. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And everyone thinks, oh, we can't go in there, we can't go in there, yeah. and it's near the Aziz of Parliament. Ooh. You know, it's a fiver. And, yeah. you should and they, it's not always the heritage people either. Mm -mm. Like the National Trust, for some reason, then people, their volunteers, really friendly. Mm. Really, really friendly. Different charities, maybe not so much. Yeah. But whoever who's running their volunteer programme, they love sharing it. They mm. follow you around and give you information for free. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> And make you feel really welcome, not that you're trying to steal mm. the crown jewels kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of it is that, I mean, I, I think it's slightly different now because there's the internet and there's so much yeah. more, you see so much more things. But, bef you know, before that, you didn't even know this existed. No. So to say, you know, we didn't think we deserved it was actually saying, well, I didn't know it existed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and, and if you're a kid and you grow up in a council estate and you never really go out of the council estate, um, and you don't know it's there. And then, and it's like, it's always, if you talk to a lot of people who come from working classes, it's like something or someone help them. It's open usually their eyes. one art mm. teacher, one teacher, drama teacher. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One special person. Thing, mm. Like what we're doing in Summerstown, like art for the working class, art mm -hmm. for like everyday kind of normal people. Like there's a guy called Gilbert Bays in the council flats, and he basically designed all this art. Um, it's like, I don't know what they're called, finials, I think they are. And you put them like on top of like the um, what were they? Um, where you hang your washing on, like washing mm -hmm. like, oh, just yeah, every yeah, day, yeah. like those kinds of things. And there was a big like clock, and yeah, it was just basically art for the working class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people. I think yeah, people don't associate art with the working class. Well, it wasn't always associated with the working class until it's becoming more and more. I think more like common now. We, mm -hmm. we do talk about art for the working class, but then. Or in previously in the past, maybe not so much, and I think but we're still even dealing think with the that. working classes. Even thought of art, hmm? it was not even that we think of the working classes as art. It's the working classes don't think of themselves sometimes. Yeah. And one of the things we do is, is is you work with families to try and get the parents to think in an artistic way, even mm -hmm. for, to get the parents to use scissors to be artistic to cut and to work with their kids. Because that's the other thing is they don't have. If the parents don't feel the confidence, they won't bring it on to the kids. The kids won't do it. Yeah. And so the children don't find out about it, so they're well into school. And by then, they don't have the confidence to, to be but able to do it. Isn't but that about kind of hierarchy of needs, though? I mean, it's yeah. basic stuff, isn't it? If, you're, if your life 
is about how are you going to just survive, you have very little capacity to go, let me create. Because you you're, you're, a lot of your mind and your energy is, is focused on mm. how am I going to pay the bills, how am I going to balance this one, how am I going to balance this debt, how am I going to make sure this kid has these clothes. You know, it's very hard then to go, I'm going to just sit about... You know, it is, it is that, that, that... I don't know, it is, it is the hierarchy of needs. It is that Bob Marley thing, you know, uh, if you're hungry, you can't think about something like that. It's very hard to. Mm. And, and so I think it... Yeah, and school is absolutely a great place to, to give people the opportunity to do that because hopefully those kids, you know, we know that that's not necessarily true, but hopefully those children are not hungry, are not thinking about that stress and maybe have some capacity to, to have space to create. But it's very hard. I think that gets harder and harder if you get to, as you become an adult, if that is your life, if that is your yeah. situation. But if you've never... If, but it's this thing, it's, this, it's the poverty of imagination or creativity, not having any books at the home or anything. Mm. But if, if it's been like that for generations, mm. it's sometimes it's not that they don't have the time, but they literally, it just doesn't occur to them. Mm. Or you get the other type of the working classes, which is, which I come from, so I can say this, which is they don't really care about you. You're a kid mm -hmm. and you're another kid, mm -hmm. um, and, but they don't have a link with you. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I had a very different experience, I think, growing up, as my mum was, you know, we were very, my mum's single parent, you know, teenage mum, councillor stay, all of the things that meant that I shouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, but she was very much like, my life was like this, and I'm just going to expose you. So she was absolutely one that was going, this is a free thing, we're going to go to that. We're going to go to that free thing, we're going to go to that thing, we're going to find out about that, and just, just expose you to as much as possible. But also she was fighting, you know, that same thing of going, I want you to go to the things, but I'm also feeling awkward about this space or awkward about this place. And I guess... You know, the intersection of class and race is always mm. you're going, is it, is it race? Is it class? Yeah. Is it, you just don't know. Is it gender? Who knows? <laughs> because those things don't, it's not isolation. You know, it's not an isolated part of your identity. So, um, so I, I didn't have that experience and I know people did, but I feel like uh, it's a motivation, isn't it? Because I guess my mum was always like, you're going you're gonna to do better. And that's very much kind of, immigrant background that the whole point of coming is to do better there's no point in moving your whole family from one place to another if you're not going to do better so yeah it was different but we just didn't have we just didn't have <laughs> well I'd be very different from everyone because my dad was an artist mm. my dad was a working class artist and my mum was an effing hero because she, they were so in love, it was so boring. They were like, <laughs> they were like a bloody James Dean film. <laughs> my mum, was the, what, was she, what was she, the rock and roll queen of Bethnal Green and all that. <laughs> um, but she went to work so that my dad could do art at home. He was a welder mm. and a taxi driver. But he was totally supported by his community mm. because they thought, you're going to do it, you're mm. going to do it. You're, like, there wasn't any uh, jealousy. Mm. Um, and obviously, his worldview was way different to theirs. He was, so I was very fortunate. So I got b brought up by someone whose worldview um, existed outside of, of Bethnal Green. Mm. But then people from Bethnal Green, it's all about schmatter. 
-hmm. And they're, you know, um, so they don't think, it's a weird one. They don't think that anyone's better than them. They're certainly yeah. not better dressed than them. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly not better dancers than them. Do you know what I mean? So there's a kind of, a kind of pleasure yeah. in being othered yeah. as mm. well, you know. But it's a survival thing as well. So there was, a, there was an East End playwright called Johnny Quarrow. I think he's about, he's still alive. There was an explosion of, uh, in the 70s of working class writers and mm. artists, but mostly white men. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was the explosion, and I think they came out of like the grammar school, probably one really good art teacher, one really good English <laughs> teacher. No, do you know what I mean? Working yeah. class boys and going, yeah, I'm going to go and work at the National. Yeah, I'm going to write a play. But I do remember there was a play at the Royal Court. It was the first time I've ever been. I was 14. <laughs> and Irene Handel, Irene Handel was one of the actors. It was just a play read. You know, we were so impressed. But they run out of beer. <laughs> at the interval, they run out of beer. There was mayhem. So I was like, I was like, you're letting us down. We're in the royal court. Stop shouting at the bar people. And but everyone, again, all yeah. the all the people that were posh were all scruffy and yeah. looked like they need a bloody good wash. Yeah. Yeah. And all a lot from the East End were in fur coats, yeah. completely yeah. blinged up yeah. suits and everything to pay respect to that man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I, as again, I think that kind of informed my view. So I am chippy, but I still think we can do it better than them. <laughs> <laughs> if they just let us in the door, <laughs> if you don't want us in there. <laughs> but it's it's that um, it's that braggadocio, I think. Yeah, you know, Because yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm South, and so. You know, it's. I know, I know, I know. It's all right. I'm allowed across the river. You are. Stamp my passport every day. Um, but you know, I mean, and I grew up around Brixton, so obviously you know that everybody in Brixton thinks that. Oh, of that, course. You know, forget the rest of the, forget the rest of London. Let yeah. alone that is just a place just like, on it. Yeah, is, it's, it's on own. its own. It's only little island. But there is something that comes about that persona, isn't it? About um, looking after each other and. And then arrogance, you have to, you have to, isn't it? it? It's like it, even, yeah. um, like I remember my uncle back in, oh, so long ago, you know, talking about people with no socks, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. wearing trousers that were too short because you couldn't <laughs> afford it, but everything else looked really pr pristine. But he's like, even if you've got no shoes, you're still going to walk like you're yeah. a million dollars. It's that vibe. Girl. And I think there's something about that, which is, it's a survival thing, mm. but actually it's also the grit that you need to just kind of make it through, <laughs> even if you haven't got much. Yeah. And, and, and if you can harness that. I think that's what people, when I meet people in this profession that are from working class background, actually that's what everyone has done in some ways, harness that survival energy mm. to go, I'm just not gonna quit. I'm just not gonna mm. let, even though I feel this way, even though people make me feel this way, I'm not gonna quit because there's a kind of conviction about why they wanna be in it rather than it's a nice to, nice to do until I do something else. It's mm. kind of, I have to do this because I really feel passionate about it. Um, and I think that's, you know, we just need more people in. <laughs> yeah, people I, I in. certainly think that, like, that, uh, you know, kind of deprivation that kind of goes hand in has, hand with kind of, um, you know, working class stuff kind of growing up. Like, when I think about what am I, what am I good at, and I don't often think... I don't spend a lot of time doing that. But if I, you know, think about what, what am I good at? What am I kind of proud at? A lot of those things that I think that I am good at, I can then go back to that, you know? Like, so, 
I'm very good at kind of, um, you know, um, being kind of nice to people and working out what their needs are and then kind of, you know, creating, you know, giving someone something that's beneficial and things like that. You know, this is born out of, um, you know, to be honest, like kind of uh, having to meet other people's needs, not my own, you know, in those kind of situations and being kind of like, there's no time to, to think about me because this is a situation where I'm having to, and no one, no one thinks about you, so you just kind of, yeah, like that survival thing, like you said, you know, you're just kind of getting through. But because of that, I'm very good at kind of, I'm a people person, you know, mm. um, and I think working in kind of like community engagement in arts and kind of culture and heritage and stuff, that's a massive asset, and, you know, to, to have that kind of skill set that perhaps, you know, other people with different relationships to class kind of can have that too, definitely. Mm. But, you know, I think that I'm kind of, you know, those experiences have made me good at that and actually it means that I'm quite good at my job in some ways because of that, you know. And when I think of, um, you know, when I think of kind of like heritage projects like, like this one, and it's always, you know, what are we trying to do and how do we want to benefit the community and what are we delivering and stuff. And a lot of the time I think... Okay, you're talking like, you know, so what this space and we want it to be a space where people can come in and they feel comfortable, even if they just want a cup of tea or to use the internet. And I'm just thinking, it's like a working man's club. It, like, yeah. as, if, as if like what, it's like you've forgotten that these places existed mm. and then you're like, I want it to be like this and I want people to use it and I want everyone to come in and feel comfortable like they've got a stake in it. And I'm like, these places exist already mm. or like they did exist, especially in places like this, you know. So it's kind of like, it's like you've got people that haven't had those experiences. Like, I'm looking for this, and I'm just like, oh, my God, they exist. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's quite interesting, because we've done some partnership working with... I won't name these, just in case <laughs> people... This does go a bit further than us. But, you know, we've worked with some large museums, national museums, and, and like you said... What we do is it's all about getting to people, working with people. And I'm a people person, and I, you understand. And my, um, one of my team, you know, she always says, you've got to get it. You've got to get what we do. If you don't get it, you can't be part of it. And, and generally, it's all you have to say. Yeah. It doesn't mean much, but, mm -hmm. you know. And so, and so we were working in partnerships, so we create these um, projects, working with other museums. And I was, we were all really amazed at how they didn't get it so if you try and get people in if you're working with people who've got drug and alcohol problems or people who you know are Im immigrants or people who are the working classes and you've got to give them some space you've got to make them feel part of it, part of what you're doing and you've got to allow them to be themselves so um if so but these other museums were trying to fit them into their thing we want you to do this and we want you to do that and it don't work. So if you have someone who lights up a spliff in your archive, mm -hmm. you go with it. You accept yeah. it. What you don't do is go, you can't do that, mate, mm -hmm. because they, you've lost them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and you've always, but you've always got to be thinking of them. And there was this one situation where we were working with families uh, with lived mental health issues. The mother had an issue. She had a four-year-old boy. Uh, the boy ran out into the street, and the mother had an issue. And the museum we were working with was like, not not our pay grade to deal with this right. and we were like no 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 one of us you know and my team like no one deals with the mother helps her out and the other goes and gets a kid because mm. <laughs> he's running out into the street yeah. and the other museum was just just didn't exist in their thing mm. and I, we were just gobsmacked because in heritage you don't do that you're mm. for the people 
Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's just rant. like working against your natural instinct, yeah. though. But Surely. it's for us, but it You'd wasn't go, for them. Why do you, would you go, oh, it's fine, kids out on the street, <laughs> might get killed. What? I mean, that seems because like a crazy a of, thing. Because there are a lot of people who go into the heritage, the Elk Trust, because we're probably a little more than you. Yeah. And they are of a certain type. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they care about the stuff things. rather than the people. Yeah, and, and I yeah. started off in, na- in national museums, and actually, mm-hmm. I came to Islington because I wanted to do something mm. with people and make it worthwhile and relevant. Yeah. Um, and we do, but you wouldn't be surprised at any people who think they should be part of that because that's the way society's going, and therefore they have to tick a box to get the money. Or they want to do it, but they don't have any lived experience of the people working in it to understand the nuances mm. of dealing with all of this. That's a really good point. Mm. And Karina will have experience with that. Amy will, you probably as well, Mercedes, is, is that people um, excluding or trying to include should have a face on their team that's trying to include those people because they won't trust you. It's really mm. basic. Yeah. And it's not about ticking a box. It's just good common sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So, until that's addressed... But the thing is, as well, we all around this table will have been on the receiving end of arts or heritage projects. We know when we're being used to tick a box. Mm -hmm. You have a word for it, don't you, Lil? I do, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) This is Lil's lexicon. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) No, it's if they give you cheap biscuits. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We know. If we no get name cheap brand ones, if happy yeah. shopper ones. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chocolate on them biscuits, you know you're ticking a box. Because <laughs> yeah, well, they the, don't care if you come back. It's the first thing you do. In any project, you've got to have the money for good biscuits and a lot of tea. Yeah. yeah. I, I, did, I, I remember just doing a project and someone asking about our fantastic retention rate. And they said, well, how do you do that? And I went, cake. Yeah. And they just laughed because they thought I was joking. We give our kids pizza all the time, (laughs) all the time. You can come to this, come to this thing, have some pizza. Oh, and I come in for the pizza. Like you were saying about the kid running out, it's a basic human recognition that you give a flying f about that person because you're feeding them. And sometimes, you know, we're not in. It's not a kitchen sink drama that we're talking about here. But sometimes, and we've ran this table all experienced it too. That is the only thing that kids eating that day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. we we when I first came to Islington, we started doing work with the families, and we wanted fruit. We wanted the crisps and stuff, mm-hmm. but we wanted fruit. So we did this big thing about cutting up pineapples to look good and interesting to get the kids to do it. Mm-hmm. And I kept and 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 I kept getting the um, the. Um, the finance person visiting going, you can't spend money on this. You can't spend money on fruit mm-hmm. for these people. And it was like, no, no, this is, this is core to what we do. This mm-hmm. is one of the things to what we do. You know, we're not just going, in 1482, this happened. Yeah. It's, it's just more than that. Absolutely. I think... I, oh, sorry, I was going to say, uh, but don't you think that the, the diversity agenda in terms of, you know, yeah. strategy, the, the issue is that quite often... I think majority of the time, really, is that people are trying to get working class people or people who've been excluded in any way to come and see what they're already doing rather than going, the reason they're not coming is because yes, you need to change Rena. what you're doing. Yes. And so, and then, you know, they have a very nice, posh person who works in participation talking to people in a very patronizing mm. way. So, all of those things, of course, you're, you're everything, all of your instincts go, that's crap, I'm not yeah. going, 
don't want it. But I think until diversity agendas become about going, how do you change what it is you're doing? What you're doing is not right to get those people in, rather than how do we get those people in to give them some good art that, that is, you know, mm. educates them and makes them better people, because it's actually still very Victorian. It's going, if we give them good things, it will make them better people. Yeah. Deserving poor. The yeah. deserving poor, absolutely. Yeah. Instead of going, uh, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with the way that you're doing it. Yeah, yeah because it takes time, and <coughs> it takes time, and to build those relationships, yes. you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's the problem with, with the, the kind of, you know, we work on funded projects, we've got to get money from somewhere, mm -hmm. but your, the work that you're actually doing is like going to that person's event, going and having a cup of tea with that person, um, you know, um, oh, you want a room for free, all right, yeah, have it on Thursday, don't tell anyone, you know, yeah. like that kind of, that's the work you're actually doing, and then when you're talking to this person, you're going, using different language and you're describing it in a different way and you're going, well, I'm doing this and this and this and this is my numbers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you talk to someone else and you're describing it in a different way but actually what you're doing is the same work, it's this work because you know as a as people person, as a community engagement person, you, if, to get here, that's weekends and evenings gone, that's mm -hmm. Saturdays gone, you know, that's someone, you know, I need some, uh, you know, we're a bit struggling for numbers at this exhibition, can you come yeah. along, you know, this kind of stuff. It's all that kind of stuff, it's building up trust so that, like, you don't community wash, like you were talking about, Lil, about, so that that community group or those people trust you, they know who you are, and it's so, that personable it's really you know reliant on a person and a and, and trust and time mm -hmm. to to get there and the framework that we work in doesn't support that way of working and yeah. then you know obviously as community engagement people you work twice as much as you should yeah. do and stuff because you do that and then it's like ah uh, oh gosh I'm so tired and I'm like gonna burn out and stuff and then it's like oh well you know just do less and it's like I can't I can't do I can't not do that that's the thing that's making all of those things happen you know mm. but that also comes to the fact that you work with a group you you get them to trust you and you can't leave them mm. yeah you but you can't also but you want to do some others so yeah. you end up having this huge community of interest behind you who they phone you up they want this and you can't say no and you can't be yeah. grumpy <laughs> so you're constantly saying yes and being grumpy to whoever else because you've always got to have a good face because you don't want to, you don't want them to lose faith in you yeah. Yeah. because the faith in you has helped them to develop. Mm -hmm. But what you want to do is base, and also it's this thing about, and I'm going slightly sideways, but, you know, people always go on about, you know, being middle class is bad. Mm. And I always say, no, no, the whole idea, what we're doing is we're broadening people's experiences so they can go out and achieve for themselves and achieve what they want to do and be individual and whatever. And if that means that broadening their experiences means they start to slightly, not change, but to develop. Because sometimes I feel like I, I shouldn't say this again, mm -hmm. but there are some councillors in Islington mm -hmm. who sometimes go, oh, well, you can't do them because although they're immigrants, they're middle-class immigrants. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, they're Somali immigrants, so whatever class they were there... You know. Believe me, your <laughs> believe me, your class status changes as soon as you change the border, <laughs> as as generations of immigrants will tell you. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't believe they believe that. That's really interesting. They might want to speak to some people that they think are middle class immigrants. Then <laughs> it's interesting. But I think this is what I think because when we started talking, me and Amy, I think that whole kind of class thing about like, am I now? 
kind of more like I feel it's middle ground feeling a bit mm. weird yeah, 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 that yeah. am I like so I can't connect to some people I you like well, I can connect to them and I've always well always mm. will be but like interests and stuff like slightly changing am I still like working class although I feel and that's how I identify as and like but, but then I like to talk to like some of my family members and it's completely like different it's that weird yeah kind mm. of middle ground and it's just a bit you don't <laughs> fit in either camp yeah. if you go into heritage and arts, mm. really. Mm, you kind of, they think you're a bit mad. I mean, I, as I say, I'm the daughter of an artist, mm. and he said, don't do that. Mm. Yeah. He said, don't do it. And then when I was determined to do it, he said, well, then you've got to be working every day, otherwise you can't call yourself writer and artist, nothing. Well, I mean, what, don't get a job, what, get a wife like you, Dad, is that what I've got to do? <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can't, but you know you'll never have a coin. And for working class people, that is hell. Yeah. To even have that thought yeah. mm. that you will never, ever have a coin. But, I, yeah, we've, but none of us so have got a coin, but we're, <laughs> yeah. but we're all right, aren't we? It's, it, but it is, it's totally, you know, my, my parents, my mum, definitely, when... I was like, I, I want to be an actress. I never was an actress, but that was absolutely... That's all I kind of understood yeah. was, was theatre at that point. And absolutely, my mum was like, don't do it. You'll be starving. You'll yeah. be poor. Yeah. It, we, you know, and then that means it's a sort of failure of, of the next generation doing better, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, and I totally understand that. And it doesn't matter how far... I get, or I, I always have a kind of doomsday scenario in my head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, like, I always have to go to, all right, so if I lost my job, how long could I pay my rent? Then how long could I, how could I live? How could, you know, and where mm -hmm. could I live if I lost my house? Or, you know, and it's so, it feels like it's really dramatic, but I have to, I have to know how bad yeah, it could yeah. get. Like, so, you know, this whole pandemic thing, people going, oh, well, you know, things get better. No, my head was like, okay, I could lose my job by December, then I could lose my house by da 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 do you know? And I just yeah. have to, because, because you know what it's like to have nothing, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So you I kind think... of go, how far are you from nothing? What will I need to do in order to not have nothing? But there's no lean anywhere, is there? Yeah, You're and you just know. No... Yeah, there's that... no, I can't just go, oh, mum, can you pay my... Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> She'd yeah, just yeah. go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in your shed. What are you no, talking that's about? Like, well, <laughs> telling for you, Mercedes, but also, like, in that kind of pandemic thing, you could tell class lines with anyone that you knew because if you were middle class, you moved you, out yeah, of London. Yeah, you could you move out of London. Yeah. House, in and the, you'd in live with your parents for a year. I can't imagine <laughs> anything <laughs> worse. And then everyone else is just like staying in London. It's like, oh, you're just staying in London. It's like, yeah. Yeah, because there's no... Because I also... I I'm I a don't Londoner. have a choice to yes. go I'm a Londoner, so what's that thing about? Yeah. Oh, we're going to go somewhere else. I come from London, so there is yeah, nowhere yeah, else yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. go where I'm going to the Shires. Yeah, but that's what you were saying about like that... I'm feeling of always not knowing. Like, I think at the moment, like my mum's really panicking about my well, she, about my future. She's a bit like, okay, so you're doing this, but like maybe you should go like get like a like, I basically apply for like, a receptionist job, and she's like, okay, maybe do that so you get a bit of security. Mm -hmm. And then I said to her, maybe I should have just done something like, don't know, got a, gone and got a job in like something like more security. Like I was like, like my friend's basically just gone into like dentistry or something. Like that. And she's like, well. You could, I was like, maybe I should have done that. She was looked at me and was like, mm, 
okay. <laughs> like, maybe you should have, because you have some security, like, in the future and yeah, stuff. Yeah, dentistry has a high suicide rate, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> good, luck, good luck to your mate. Yeah, She'll have a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> Looking in people's gobs all just, day, really? Just, I just, because I know a dentist. It comes from a good place. It yeah. comes from a place of fear, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, what's wrong with that? That's no. what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm just... Nothing, nothing wrong. I mean, I've started know, to panic Because they well. know. They know what it's like, and they yeah. just go... They want it for you. They just don't want that yeah. for you. They don't want you to be in that situation. It's scary though, because I'm going to be 26 in a few weeks, and I'm like, right. Some like some of my friends have got salaries, and that, and I'm mm. like, oh, I'm just kind of but volunteering. But we've like, just recently got a job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but to take the world view, it's in the interests of capitalism to keep us thinking like cogs yeah. in the wheel mm. and productive units it's and a, all that's of that. That's why I explained you know? to my mum, but she's a bit like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, can you live? Can you eat your principles? Yeah. That's what my mother <laughs> yeah. would say. So how can you eat, can you eat that yeah. principle? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when I was an actress and, and people said to me, I remember um, uh, Stephen Burkhoff crossed the picket line, the equity picket line. Everyone Ooh. went mental. We did a McDonald's advert. And, um, <laughs> and at the time, people go, well, you know, would you take an advert? Would you take an advert? And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then Paul's, I went, yeah, but I'd never be offered one, not with this boat race. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you imagine? Yeah, I'm, I'm the perfect mum and I'm just doing the ironing of the football kit. No, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, off, 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 off West End weird shows about clowns killing gerbils. I'm not going to be offered an advert. So that was an empty, that was an empty stance, to be honest. Sorry. But then I did know someone who took an effort and they were really embarrassed and they got paid a really a lot of money and I said, why did you do that? And they went, because my nephew got lifted and I had to pay a brief. I went, fair dues. Yeah. <laughs> fair dues, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we probably covered that. Um, so when did you first notice issues with your relationship? Actually, going back to the other one, one of the things that I found mm. is that other people find it difficult to relate to you. Yes. Um, so you come along. I mean, when I was younger really? and I got my first job in a large museum in London, no names, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I, I remember them talking about they used to go to WOMAD and do all these things. And for me, it was like... Wayward. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you do this? What, voluntary in dirt? And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and, and also, and you know, they talk about stories or they, oh, you know, people talk about their stories when they're kids or like what they did when they went on holiday when they were a kid. And I'm yeah. like, holiday? Didn't know it existed. Or, well, you know, or, well, I remember, you know, someone threw a load of drugs into the local lake and, and the police paid us yeah. five quid to go in and get them out or something. And it's completely different. And they mm. don't relate to you and you don't relate to them. And you end up in this situation where you never quite feel comfortable. And the only first time I felt comfortable in heritage was after eight years when I left that job and I went to work in the real world. Oh, right. Which was still in heritage, yeah. but it wasn't in such a prestigious place. Because I just think, and, and I think in some of the larger places, there's this real difference between people who work on the collections, people who are mm. historians, and those who work 
in the community, and I think it's changed mm -hmm. quite a lot, where it's now sort of starting to get together, but before it was completely different. I mean, you've spoken a little bit about the kind of historian label before, Lil, you know. Mm. You were saying that, you know, your friend was like, of course you're a historian, why are you not saying you're a historian? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. you do, but yeah. you felt like you couldn't give yourself that name. Because well, I didn't have a history degree, um, I'm not from an academic background, I'm from a creative background, it, it felt like I was a fake. Mm. But then when I... Do you know like when you're like uber nerd? Karina's smiling because she's an uber nerd as well. Um, you sure are. Um, Is that good? It, yeah, that's yeah, really good. good. It's really good. But it's when you embrace that and you go, do you know what? I actually know you're wrong without having to... Shall I Google it? Shall I Google it? Shall I yeah. Google it? No, no, I know you're wrong. And you're talking to an academic mm. and they get so angry with you. <laughs> So, but I don't do it to be proven right, but I, I, if I know I'm right, I go, yeah. yeah. And so now I own that because yeah. I've studied history for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if I was in a university or an academic background, I would be, I, I might just start calling myself Professor Lil. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Professor Definitely. Lil Warren. I like I mean, it. I <laughs> Before this job, I worked at um, part of the University of London, which I, I feel like very grateful that I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, because now I look back and I think, oh God, horrific, you know, it was like, and it, it was a lovely place and the people were nice, but like, I was, yeah, so different, but I kind of didn't really, I didn't really know that, I, well, I knew I was different because I'd be going around like, do you want a cup of tea? And I'd do a tea round, you know, like four <laughs> times a day and stuff, and they'd be like, she's great, she always makes Keep her, yeah, and I, you know, go into like Professor Blah Blah and they'd be like oh he's really grumpy and I'd be like I bet he's not and then I'd be like you know oh should we have a chat and then I'd be like you're going to be friends with me we're going to spend half an hour having a chat who's coming for a pint you know that kind of thing and I now I think oh god now I know these people I think oh god I can't believe that but it worked and I'm still friends with a lot of them and you know they probably thought it was charming in a very like in a very patronizing way and stuff <laughs> but kind of you know like if you if you kind of don't I didn't kind of know the rules and I didn't really care so I just did that and then I you know it kind of worked out I suppose but I don't know I feel like I don't know if um if you feel the same but I feel like a lot of the time because of my nature of being like that informal maybe using the wrong language and things like that maybe milking it and, and hamming it up a bit mm -hmm. in certain situations <laughs> that you feel uncomfortable and mm -hmm. you you put on that that working class stick for someone you know <laughs> um I feel like the, the thing that I'm finding difficult is, is kind of um, getting people to kind of take you seriously and respect you, I suppose, mm. you know, in that way that it's kind of like, I don't know, it just comes from a point of insecurity, I suppose, doesn't it? Of If you're constantly feeling in these environments that, am I saying the wrong thing or am I not behaving in that right way or, you know, maybe I don't have those kind of credentials, can I really do that, you know, you, you fake it till you make it kind of all yeah. that stuff. You internalise all of that, you know, mm. and and then, you know, then it's kind of like, you know, how do I then get people to to treat me like that? Do you see what I mean? To, you know, look past that and think, hmm, intelligent, you know, clever kind I of... I think you have to you know. not give a shit about how people think about you. And I, and I do think that that comes with getting older, it really does help yeah. because you just go, I can't, I can't not be who I am, so therefore I need to just accept who I am and just do it. Mm. And, and, and the faking it to you make it has to just be up front. You know, I, I, don't, I don't claim to be a heritage person. I work in a heritage building, 
but we're not trying to do heritage in quite that way. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, I remember finding it really hard to call myself an artist. I think it took yeah. me probably about 20 years before I actually said that word about myself. I'd yeah. go, people would ask me what I do, and I'd go, well, you know, I do some shows. Mm. But I would never say. And then I just thought, if I just, even though it makes you feel uncomfortable because it's a weird, it's not a job, is it? It's not a thing that you can tell your your working class family, oh, I do this thing. Or, you know, or my mum would go, oh, she's an artist, and slightly whisper it like I had cancer. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> you, you would you know live over like, like that, you know. But, you know, was it was a like... physical element. It was like, it was like the slight affliction, you know, I've got my daughter who does this, my daughter who does this, and then, oh, there's this one who does this art stuff, you know. <laughs> She'll grow out of it one day. And I totally understand that that was, it was very real for us. So if you've got that, then it takes a really long time to be able to own it and mm -hmm. feel it and go, I'm actually comfortable with that. Yeah. But I do think you have to, you just, in the end, you have to just not give a shit because people will yeah. never, if they don't want to take you seriously, it doesn't really matter how brilliant you are. Mm. They will decide that they're not going to take you seriously, so you have to just take yourself seriously. But do you know what helped me, Karina, and although they are our bête noire, mm. um, was the very first time I did an Arts Council application. Mm. Um, was that they called people artists yeah. who did the job I did. Yeah. And I was like, There was oh, no other category. Exactly, they call everyone yeah, artists, yeah, is yeah, it? No oh, no, the yeah, artists. it's yeah. only artists, yeah. but all artists. So I, oh, I'm an actual I, artist. Oh, I direct, I write it, I produce it, I make the trop, the costume. Oh, I, oh, and the tea. And the tea. <laughs> and I'm chippy and go for the tea for everyone. Um, yeah, so that kind of, and then I just went, yeah, with a capital A. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is who I am. And H, obviously, historian. And now P for Professor. Uh, all right, Professor Warren. <laughs> but you still about lexicography, didn't you? Lil's lexicographer. So yeah. you're a lexicographer as well. Yeah, a lexicographer <laughs> as well. Yeah, but that, that whole funding, both Heritage oh. and Arts Council, that's a whole new barrier. Um, could possibly, we could rant about that for about well, four you, hours. You <laughs> did mention last time we were chatting about um, this kind of um, you're seeing on applications working class yeah. used a lot more. Do you want to say a little bit about that? About that? Well, I think again, like Karina um, alluded to earlier, it is. It feels like they want to tick that box. They know that that's missing, right. mm -hmm. and we are all cool as and all that, and use ain't. So let's buy us some of that. Mm. Um, but they don't know how to. They don't know what they mean. Mm. Yeah, this we know what we mean, but they don't yeah. know what they mean, and mm. they don't know what they want. It was about what you were saying about the museums and everything earlier. Mm. And so we're putting it down because it's in the algorithm. Yeah. But, but it's also not protected. That's the biggest yeah. challenge that we have. I, yeah, I had that protected. problem earlier. I was at work a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about a particular issues, quite delicate. And, and they were talking about the working classes and people who'd been, you know, um, in children's homes and all of that, and it was like, actually, and it took me ages to say, well, actually, that's me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've got something worthwhile to say, but getting over that and saying it, I was just, I had a lump in my throat because mm. I'm, and they were like, but, but you look, you look, you sound, yeah. you work in heritage. <laughs> you mean you're not like Oliver Twist? <laughs> Baby, you ain't got really a ponytail and hoops, so, you know. They meant, oh, but we only thought that there's only one yeah, version yeah. of working class. Yeah. What, what do it, you mean? Exactly. And afterwards, someone with, who was chairing, really nice, afterwards it was on the Zoom, came back to me straight on Zoom and said, 
that was really, you know, I, that was really good of you to say that. And it's like, really? Do you want me to say a lot more? <laughs> <laughs> and it's this thing of, you know, sometimes, and it's difficult, because I work in local government as well, but you sit there and you think, we're talking about these people. Mm. It's, what, I mean, this is slightly off, but, you know, the councillors sit there and they talk about these people, but they don't want to understand there's a lot of the people that work in the council yeah. are these people. Because there's a lot of them yeah. who could go and get a better job, mm-hmm. but actually, no, they either want to give back or they just mm. feel that they have, you know, they have a social obligation. Mm-hmm. And they don't realise... And sometimes you think, you just want to say to slap them, really. Mm. And which is my big working class thing. Mm-hmm. When I get angry, I just want to slap you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had to do a lot of anger management to not raise my hand. <laughs> or my voice. But that's so, why you've got to have your mates. Do you like that's why you've got to have your mates, absolutely. So how did you lot, like, how did you all get into where you, like, how did you all get to where you are now? That's just, like, it's not on the list of questions, <laughs> but right. I just thought I'd ask. Well, funnily, with uh, Karina was saying earlier about everyone goes, <clears throat> with theatre, is that all my family said, oh, well, you're going to be skimmed. But when I started doing stand-up, they was like, oh, yeah, we know what that is. Yeah, oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're funny. Yeah, yeah, we know what that is. And all my mum ever used to say, and then they used to come to those gigs because they were comfortable, so they were in pubs or yeah. in clubs or whatever. Although they come to an opening, remember, like, my family comes to everything. <laughs> totally dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think that was that, that for them was a recognisable art form. For me, it's the hardest gig out there. That yeah. and poets, poets, that is as writers, that's the hardest gig out there. Plays, films, whatever. <laughs> poets and uh, stand up. So yeah, um, so I got I got into performing via stand up. Okay. And I was a single parent um, who was an actor, and I found that actors are not great support team. Mm. Um, so I, I then got much more into my writing because I could write while mm. you know, looking after a while you got person. one on the old go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I really relate to that whole thing that there's somebody who takes you across that kind of threshold, mm. and I, I really got. I'm just. I mean, I think I got into the arts really because of being in youth theatre, although it wasn't really called youth theatre then. So I used to go to a space called Oval House in, oh. in South London, so near Brixton. And I went there because uh, me and my mum just weren't getting along. And my stepdad was like, you just need to go there because otherwise you're going to kill each other, which was very real. It was very real at the time. And I just used to spend all the time. So the deal was, as long as I kept up with my schoolwork, I could be there. And I literally went there every day, mm. every single day. I'd go from school... I'd do my schoolwork before everybody came for the sessions and i spend all, all night there. Mm. And it was... I always say that it was a place that saved my life and it feels like that seems yeah. really big, but it genuinely did. There were adults that you could actually speak to and that weren't in your situation so they could have a different perspective. Mm. Um, so it just never really occurred to me that I was going to do something else. That it, it, Totally naive, and I think that was probably a good thing because yeah. had I known... I probably never would have ever yeah. tried, but it just never occurred to me that I couldn't. Um, and then I just, when I, when I, left, uh, when I left university, because, you know, I had to do a proper, proper degree because my mum was like, you're going to starve, so you have yeah. to do, like, proper subjects. Um, and when I left, I was like, I just want any job in theatre. I don't care what it is. And so, actually, my very first job in theatre was being a front-of-house manager, so I never did any of the... Mm. I'm going in and being a performer, although that's all I had kind of known. 
Um, I just, I just needed, I knew I needed a job. And I, I was too scared to kind of go, well, I'll just freelance and I just needed actual money <laughs> every week. Um, and, I, and I didn't mind if that meant tearing tickets or pulling beers or whatever, you know, it just was, it was just whatever. So that was my very first job. And then I just kept on going, being chippy, but going, can I do a show? Can I do a show? Can I do a show? And then eventually somebody went, all right, then. Oh, <laughs> I've got this idea. That's basically it. I just kept some, yeah, mm, chipping away at people and mithering them. <laughs> what about you, Cheryl? How did you end up uh, doing I, managing heritage? Well, I, I come mm. from a slightly different working class in the sense that it was quite, I had quite a difficult childhood mm -hmm. and it was, it was deprived in many ways. Um, you know, whether it was financially, emotionally, family-wise. Mm. And I, I, I just wanted to get as far away as possible, mm. to be honest. I had two ambitions when I was a kid. One was to get as far away as possible from my family. The second was to have a nice big sofa <laughs> in, a, yeah, <laughs> in a flat that looked over London. And, um, and I just... I mean, I was quite a bright kid in a rather, you know... Um, from, from, from where I came from and I had a couple of teachers who were really good to me and, and it was just like I'm going to and if the way out was university that's mm -hmm. where yeah. I was going to go mm -hmm. yeah. and I got there and I got there okay I did classics and archaeology for God's wow. sake it was like full. proper oh, yeah proper with lots of very posh people it was <laughs> oh do you know well, that were, I mean and I went to King's in London wow. and there were loads and I just I was like a fish out of bloody water Christ. Oh. I spent, it was a four year degree and I spent four years keeping my mouth shut in the corner, oh. which was what I did at home. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then, you know, and then I wanted to sort of get on to, to do it. And really, I just had this thing I want to work as an archaeologist in heritage, and I did it. And it occurred to me, even recently, I've got no other bloody ambition. Mm -hmm. It's like, I might as well stop my life now, so what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I've got this chance to go and work, or not work, I've got a chance to go and live in Paris for a year, okay? And I'm not sure I can take it because it means relying on someone else. Mm. And I can't yeah, rely yeah. on someone else. It's never happened fear. to me. Mm. And so it's like, and also it's this idea, you know, you've been talking about different names. I'm a curator, I'm a historian, I'm an archaeologist, but I never saw myself as creative mm. because I couldn't paint when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And my, my art teacher used to say, everyone can here can do a G, you know, an O level except Ginger. She can't do it, she's crap. Mm. And, and I always had that thing and I couldn't, and I can't paint. But what I really learned is I'm bloody good at writing applications. Yeah. I'm bloody good at coming up with ideas and helping yeah. other people yeah. to do things. Yeah. And that makes me, and solutions, and that That's makes me creative. Yeah. Yeah. So now maybe I'll just, yeah. I'm not really an artist, but I can. Yeah. But it's interesting, creative. isn't it, that really tiny things that are, at least for the person who said them, they feel like they're tiny things when you're a kid so can become kind of part of yeah. what drives you or holds you back or whatever, you know, absolutely. So it's just really, it's so, it, it just makes you really have to be so careful about what you say to kids. I just yeah. think, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just because you just don't know what little thing, what little C is going to stay in their head and go, you know, I can't draw for, I've never been able to draw. But if somebody says an artist, and absolutely, when I was at school, an artist was somebody who drew. Mm. Yeah. That's the only kind drew of artist you had. So therefore, yeah. I, I couldn't possibly be an mm. artist because that's the only way. It's very narrow. So, yeah, it, it, it just, I, I always think about, you know, 
I'm surprised about the things that you remember as a kid that are in there, or when you react to certain things and you go, why is that? And then if you go back, you go, oh, it's that thing that yeah. happened when I was doodah, and, you, and it makes you feel like you can't. Mm. And, and it holds you back even when you're kind of a fully grown middle-aged person. Thank you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, 20 year olds, yeah, 20, 25. I don't know, no, you know, other people who are middle-aged. <laughs> I'm embracing that too. <laughs> so, so, Mercedes, what do you want to do? To be honest, I don't know. This is the thing. So I, was, I did um, history and history of ideas at um, Goldsmiths. And then I started applying, well, I started looking, like, I had a, a year of thinking, what, the, what am I doing, like... I'm like, I must have been about 24, and I kind of was like, beginning of the pandemic, and I was like, oh, no, no, what is this? Um, and I started looking, I've always been into history, and I started, look, I started looking up, like, history jobs, and then I looked into, like, museums, and most of them said history of art. And me, me I was just like, okay, history of art. <laughs> We've curated. And then I'm really lucky, because I actually really enjoy it, in that sense. I'm quite... Like, I like I love a bit of theory. I love that whole kind of mm. thing. So I'm lucky. And I guess going to Birkbeck and they offered the work placement and being able to go to, like, Summerstown and being able to talk to Diana and Esther and Siobhan and everyone and actually getting hands-on experience. Yeah. And so, they've yeah, just all of that. And I think it, it's made me realise that maybe I should have gone or gone and did, like, gone and got a job as well. Maybe I would have just... Maybe I should have just done that. But I think... I'm happy where I am at the moment, but I'm not sure where I see myself it's such in Such a precarious years. work. It, well, like, it, you know, there's no it, money in it. You yeah. don't do this job for the money, do you? Well, I just enjoy it. I, like, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy like hearing, listening to like the um, so older people's like outside the like outside the cafe and just mm -hmm. being able. It's like normal to me, and it's nice, and it's mm -hmm. just love the stories and like this. Well, is see, that's it. Heritage is about people's stories, mm. and it's what history that's now. And one of the things I always think is. Um, is it's really difficult in heritage, in history, to, to be a freelancer mm. because the money's not there, it's connected to something else. And I've always thought, and if I had the guts, I'd do it, is that create something, like a little business or something, where you can go around and do heritage and work in the community and things yeah. without having constantly to think about, you know, how, how you, 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 know, you get the money. Mm. Because I think it's... It's not the same as, you know, if you're a scientist or a business person. Mm -hmm. And I think it, we need to create a third way of working. Yeah. yeah. And that, but that, I mean, that's been the big thing, isn't it? The headline from the pandemic about our, our workforce is that whole thing around freelanceness and the thing that you said about, you know, people going off to the home counties when things got a bit tight. Um, you know, there isn't a fallback. People just don't understand that it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing this job and I don't know what I'm going to do next and mm. I don't know where the money's going to come from yes. next. Yeah. And they just don't understand that there's not somebody, there's not a wife mm. working <laughs> or there's not a parent who's going to pay your, mm. your bills. And it's I think really also, weird. like, from a kind of heritage kind of background, you know, the generally the money is really low mm -hmm. so who do you get doing it middle class mm -hmm. kids that can afford to live in london yeah. do it because mum and dad are paying half the rent mm -hmm. and you know the first like years of me doing this kind of job i was balling you know everyone else i you know i was a teacher before i did this mm -hmm. so i did teaching ended up in Prus, did that for a bit 
couldn't hack it too long. So then I was like, what, what can I do? Someone gave me a chance doing a kind of heritage job because I was a former teacher. And it was like, you know, here's me with my, you know, decent starting salary and stuff. And then suddenly within the space of, you know, that, that was 10 years ago. And now suddenly, like, everyone else is, you know, private yeah. sector, all my mm-hmm. mates and stuff, you know, they're all buying <laughs> half a million pound houses. I moan about this all the time, but, like, they're all buying, you know, like, they're all, they're all buying mm-hmm. flats. And I'm like, and then they'll have the gall to turn around and be like, are you buying then? And I'm like, no, that's where are you getting the money from? You see, that's what really pisses me off is that people think if you're in heritage or the arts, it's because it's a good job, you want to be there, it's your interest. And you think, so so I've had people say to me, so why do you expect a decent salary? That's such a weird British thing though, isn't it? That you go, people that do the most important (laughs) Where they live. (laughs) (laughs) Know some people. Yeah, that might be a little phone call. One of them was my director at work. But, you know, but what is that about, you know, the most important jobs about changing people, yeah. you know, in opening people's eyes, inspiring people, we pay the lowest and pay the crap money to. And I just think, yeah, I don't, you know, even in a sector like, like uh, the arts or theatre, there are people who own lots of money. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. not pretend, you know, yes, yeah, of course... Good. Most people are not earning lots, but there are people that earn lots of money. And it's really interesting that those people never reflect the people who are the lowest mm. amount of money. Yeah. So it's not that there's a way through. Yeah, Do yeah, you know yeah. Not there's like, not a pathway to yeah. that big money. No, yeah. it's not as if you can see that there's a, a really clear path. You go, oh, well, somebody started in this and then they went to this. So Yeah, there's, there's not an apprenticeship, is there, no. where you pay your five years? <laughs> yeah. And like, if you talk to people in telly, it's totally different. Yeah. They have to pay that 10 years. Right. No getting around it. Yeah. Even if your dad's running the BBC, you've still got to pay those 10 years because mm. no one will work with you. Yeah, because it's about building up a reputation. And also, look who's, yeah. who's kind of heading up our cultural institutions. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm. George Osborne runs the British Museum. Yeah, scary. Yeah, but why, why is it You know, it's just... Anyway, we need to send some boys around. That's all I can say. <laughs> and that brings us to the other change. thing, <laughs> is that... Is that Tristan Hunt, mm. a- a- XMP, is head of V&A, and you think, well, fine, but there's a lot of people working their way up, can't get to the jobs. It's like the, the, you know, the director job, of though, the Science Museum was, it, it, is a financial person, you know. They're mm. all financial people, and the, the reason, yeah, it's always, well, we need boys. someone who's good with our money because it's a precarious <laughs> yeah. sector, and we need to... I was literally reading about this today, and it was like this um, community engagement about... Um, Basically, culture, cultural, culture mile. Basically, mm. they're talking about oh, yeah. doing um, something with getting like studios in for the people and all this. And I was reading um, the lip PDF leaflet thing, whatever they put online, and it was talking all like economy, get the economy going, all this like money, 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 all throughout the whole thing. And it makes me think how tied in like com- community engagement and museums is with like social policies and you can argue heritage is really just propping up the kind of current unfair system if you want to be really cynical like you know it's about I mean this is me being chippy (laughs) but you know uh, what did they do with mines in the 80s in the area that I come from they turn them into a museum within a year because that's one way that you go that's dead Mm. and it's not coming back and you can go and pay a fiver now and go and look at all these nice things. Have the mining experience. You know that kind of stuff you know like that is an insidious part of Mm. that kind of world. That's all I kept thinking I read it I was thinking Jesus this is actually really like scary and just 
weird. Like you're saying, it's for the people, community engagement and all this thing. But really, it's not. It's about getting the economy going again. And all, like, it's, I mean, obviously, I get you need the economy. It's all like we do need money, but... It's not for the right reasons. It, did, well, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. You know, I, went, I went for the job of director of the Guildhall Museum in the city. I shouldn't say this, really. And, and they <laughs> said to now. me... <laughs> I, know, I, I spent my time going, oh, I shouldn't say the name. But, and, and they said to me at the interview, um, so, you know, how would you do community engagement? How would you do work? And I'm like, I can talk for hours on this. Mm. And my staff saying, really good, yeah. And I was talking to them about the city fringe, mm. about all the communities, blah, blah, blah. And, and I did this, and the woman stopped at the end. She said, my God, you sound like a social worker. That's <laughs> <laughs> so... And I looked at her and thought, I'm in an interview. <laughs> I obviously haven't got this job. <laughs> what do I say? Mm. I said, I and I said, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry, I don't want to, but... And then, and then she was like, well, we were thinking, we we're talking about community, we were thinking of the... Um, and the example she gave was the City of London Photographic Club. Oh. Mm. <laughs> never heard of And I thought, <laughs> I was never going to get this yeah. job. Why did you bother interviewing me? Yeah. I was actually going to apply to be a social worker. <laughs> 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 it's not an offensive no, thing, yeah. is it? No, you know? what it is, it's, it, yeah, there's it's, a, it's a kind of... As I know that all this women sitting around this table mm. um, <laughs> is that the soft skills mm -hmm. like arts, culture and all of that are not considered worthy enough so therefore they can be lumped in with carer, nurse, yep. mother, wife, blah 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 blah. All low paid all, jobs. Yeah, all low paid and all just one homogenous lump. So when we're looking at class um, um, and our, our inclusion, working class inclusion, the barriers to uh, women um, for engaging with art and culture is pretty substantial, but as we've all made comment, they are low-paid jobs because we're passionate about them and we care about people. Mm. I'm not saying that it's only women that care mm. about people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're in a trap of our own making, in mm. a way. And those are not the skills that people think of as leadership. I always, yes. I have mm. to say, whenever I speak to young, uh, young people coming up and they say, oh, you know, I want to be a director and I'm going to go and, you know, someone's given me a job in an education department or participation department, I always say, for, for women, I always say, don't do it. No. I know that sounds like a terrible thing, but I just say, if you want to be taken seriously as a director, do not work in a participation department because they'll go, oh, you're the one that does things with kids. Oh, and yeah. that means you can't yeah. make that transition into yeah. working with grown-ups because... Yeah. That's how the system mm. at the moment really works. Yes. I, I, I get that all the time. I'm the nicey-nicey community person, you know. Mm. It doesn't matter that I have a master's. It doesn't matter that I do my own personal research. It mm. doesn't matter that any of those. I used to be a teacher. It doesn't matter. I'm the nicey-nicey community what person thing. What is quite amusing is that Unity Arts is female-led, disability-led, etc., and when we rock up for a get-in and they kind of look in the van looking for the geezer. <laughs> like, no, it's just us. The, sh the shrimp and the Amazon. That's, that's, that's who's doing the getting. We've <laughs> got a dolly trolley and we're strong. Because <laughs> we didn't get nice biscuits when we were young. <laughs> Yeah. I've been, you know, um, my, my fun thing is always that I, I'm always the assistant. So I've been, I've had so many, so many emails addressed to me as Mr. Johnson, firstly. Oh. My gender is wrong all the time. Um, so it happens less now, but 
still, still occasionally am Mr. Johnson. And if I ever walk into a meeting with white man, I'm always the assistant. I've actually sat with someone who was my colleague who was maybe a good 20 years older than me and we sat around and they addressed that person and they addressed him and he was like, I don't know why you're talking to me because <laughs> she's the boss. <laughs> but it was really, it's still, it's still there. Mm. It's still there that they go, oh, but you couldn't possibly be in that position. I feel like it's, we are in a moment where that has shifted quite significantly, but for, for so long, for so long, it's been like, oh, the assistant behind, you know, get behind that person. And it's, yeah, that, I think that's why you develop that kind of harder skin that just goes, mm. no one's going to ever expect you to be that anyway, so just just open your mouth and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had this, yeah, I had this thing where I'm five foot, mm -hmm. I'm short, and I, um, someone who used to work with me, he was one of my team, six foot three, man, mm -hmm. ten years older than me, and people would always think he, because I'm very flat in the way I do my management. You know, I don't say this is one of my staff, mm -hmm. this is one of my staff, this is this is my colleague. Yeah, same. You know, because it's just rude. Yeah. yeah. And and there was someone we were working with all for about five six years, and it and it, it took him six years to work out that I was the boss, not this other Blake. Wow. <laughs> and he was he was very shocked when he realised, but he just assumed. He said he assumed. Yeah. But now is a time that's really interesting that we can... I, I'm really enjoying the moment of kind of uh, asking people, why, why did you make that assumption then? Let's, let's, let's unpick that. Let's think about that. Because, uh, yeah, I think if nobody put, pulls your attention to it, you just don't notice that you have those biases. We all have biases of some sort, you know, or... Um, I don't know, like, I'm employing someone and my... Uh, I told my team the person's name, and they were like, oh, I bet they're posh. And I was like, why? We made that assumption. It was so interesting. Yeah. And actually, they've got it entirely wrong, so I cannot wait until they start, because it's going to be so funny. <laughs> God, because if they got, it's like, two they've, they've like made, hyphens. They've made up a whole story about that person just based on their name. Mm. They must be posh. And also, and also accent, because yeah, people accent. think that you can't be working class if you're speaking only there's only one working class accent, yeah, there's only yeah, one yeah. working class mm. persona, you know, God forbid you should be something else and working class because yeah. that doesn't quite fit in because yeah. apparently working class is only white van man now. There, <laughs> is, there is no <laughs> other have version. more money than any of them. <laughs> yeah, who like. were the plumbers <laughs> yeah. who charge you <laughs> shit loads actually of money. loaded and own like three houses and a landlord. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's interesting in the sense of working class has always been about how much you earned. Mm. Yeah. And now it's not. It's not, not. Yeah. And, and, and I think, yeah, there is, there is that real difficulty. Some people call themselves working class, and you think, really? Yeah. Have, have you seen but, your house? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen your cars? But I've but got then a job. But, it, but is it, but it's, but I mean, I guess that's the thing, is, is there, you know, that's how working class identity may have shifted and changed. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I think that there is a kind of, I guess there was a, a really clear, distinction in, in time gone by about where you lived or how you spoke or what kind of jobs you had. But actually, is working classness about culture and the culture that comes from where you grew up? But it doesn't necessarily speak to where you might be now. Yeah. I remember having that conversation with someone who, who studies all that and there's a um, social scientist, I think, sociologist, and he was saying, you know, it's interesting about how what you consider yourself, because even if you have all the middle-class trappings, or we are all in middle-class professions, yeah. 
And so your things that you're exposed to, your sensibilities, your politics, all that stuff might shift. Yeah. But actually, your core cultural um, kind of references and way of behaving will not have changed because yeah. they'll be core values and they come from your class background. So it's interesting if we, if we, you know, if we reduce class to being Cockney and coming from a particular place and having a particular income, then actually it means that we're kind of building in another kind of prejudice where you go, all those people mm -hmm. can't be because they've got, you know, 50, they own 50p more. I mean, you know, where, yeah. where do you put the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was that kind of class division within the servant class. Remember that? Mm. You know, like, oh, so the upstairs, downstairs, upstairs yeah. and downstairs yeah. people. So you had cook and all that out of the way. And then you had the pretty ones with the bobcats who got fiddled with <laughs> by the master as part of payment for being mm. upstairs and visible. Mm. So within the working class, there is snobbery. Absolutely. And, and total disrespectable, unrespectable. Yes. You know, well, mm. she's got her curtains closed and, you know, yeah, yeah. She's not changed them nets in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, my mum's terrible for it. She's, she's always, you know, like, slagging off people on benefits and stuff, blah, blah, blah. She's, she's always been supported by the state her yeah. whole life. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. a single mum with three kids. She's never worked a full-time job because she's ne never been able to. She's always been supported by the state, but she'll sag off next door <laughs> to high heaven, you know, and it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But there's this, this, this thing about being working class culturally... I'm a working mm. class, and there's also this idea of, of poverty, yeah. mm. and sometimes they don't always go together. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, some working class people, you think, have you ever not had anything to eat? Have you ever mm. the only mm. thing you could eat was something like half a pig's head because it was cheap yeah. Yeah. or something? And I don't think people, some people, don't understand what it's like. And so if you're an immigrant and you don't have, you know, a refuge and you don't have enough yeah. food and you don't have that, but then people go, well, they're not working class. Yeah. Because yeah. they're a doctor or something, but they've, they've, they've yeah. come and from so a war-torn country. Yeah, that's what country. makes it so complicated. Yeah, it's like you were saying, um, Amy, is that earlier you were saying, well, maybe working class is your politics. And that used to be, but that's completely changed. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. Yeah. that's the thing. Everything's evolved. The world has changed. Mm. And, and we accept that lots of other things have evolved, but we somehow have got stuck with class. And, and you know, I guess maybe, you know, I, I, I think that's because the kind of talking about class that was kind of shut down mm. and so we don't really talk about it and I think we're kind of reclaiming it now mm. a little bit talking about that. Yeah, like reclaiming the word bitch. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's fine. But I think, yeah, it was, it was intentional that people stopped talking about class and that we don't talk about it. And that now you say normal and, you know, you say normal or common. We know what these words mean. We know how it feels. Yeah. But we're it's in the interest of those who control us to, to dissipate that working yeah. class as mm. a class. Because if we mm. did eventually ever get our stuff together, yeah. I would be super the majority. fucked. <laughs> it is... It is. It is, there is that. So that is jealousy that change, is, is encouraged, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. the divide and rule as well. Because, yeah. you know, if you same look old, at all the old. stuff mm. that's been coming out of our current government around um, their kind of pa papers around kind of race, the, the race paper that was horrible, and then straight after it, there was a paper about class mm. and it's really interesting that they divided those two yeah, that is and true. that that became about a big, again it came about that narrative around white men yeah. mm. um, and that that then there's this other underclass which is all these terrible you know kind of poverty porn things which is around 
you know, being on benefits and not wanting to get off. And actually, how many people know that, yeah. those yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People really generally want to have stuff that, it, that, is, yeah. that they want to do better. That, yes, there are those people. It's not that they don't exist. Mm. But the fact is now, you know, what, when I was growing up, having, you know, being on benefits didn't mean that you were that you were shit. <laughs> it didn't mean that you never wanted to get off. It, might, it meant that you needed help at that point. It didn't necessarily mean that was it, you never wanted to do it, or it meant that you were tr trying to do something else at the same time, whereas now yeah. it's like that is an aspiration and it's a kind of a character flaw. And I think, I think there is a vested interest in kind of continuing those kind of really negative narratives so that if you are a working working person who is not rich and who is not making a lot of money, somehow you have to disassociate yourself from that. Yeah, of course, yeah. As if, you know what I mean? It, it, it's not, and it is a continuum. It is, it, you know, there were well, kind of... in the old days, it was, uh, we was entitled to free lunch mm -hmm. at school, but what happens with free lunch is they went first, so they were totally so ostracised, so you did. knew it was on fucking free yeah. lunches. The thing was, I wanted free lunch because you got served first, so the chips were, <laughs> so the chips were still crispy. But I was talking to someone, I was going to say your age, but like my daughter's age, she's mm. more like 30, and she was entitled to free lunches, mm. and she loved it yeah. because it took total pressure off of who she hung out with and mm -hmm. all of that, it all kind of... Got I taken just, care of. I yeah. just think it's brilliant. I never noticed it. I just think, oh, I've got free school dinners. Brilliant. Amazing. Let me just go. <laughs> let me go. I, I, never, I never noticed that. I, I mean, I have free school lunch, but I, never, I didn't even notice that until we went to secondary because that's when yeah. the distinction yeah. happened. Yeah. And even though we were entitled, my mum had the pride yeah. thing where she refused to no, take that. And we, take you it. were having jam sandwiches every day. <laughs> you know, right. because it was like, you know, you're not going to be one of those kids. Mm. You know, there was that yeah. attitude. You know, like that diversity within mm. the working class, like you're saying, you know, like there's, there's, bugger all difference between them but mm. like you know that's how you kind of keep yourself up isn't it by yeah. squashing other people down mm. you know it was that very much that kind of attitude well you're not like them they're common as muck you know we're not like that <laughs> we're, we're a little less common yeah, yeah we're, we, we are common but we're not that common <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to wrap it up here because, um, you know, as you all know from working class families, I have an erratic family arrangement this evening. Uh, so, um, but it's, I just, you know, want to make sure, is there anything that you wanted to say that, that you haven't said? Um, would be handy if we had more working class people in the Labour Party, wouldn't it? <laughs> I feel like that's a whole yeah. other discussion. Yeah. I love it. Or the left generally, but yeah. yeah. Just quickly, really quickly, what do we like about working in the heritage sector? As working class people, yeah, what do we actually like? What do we like about it? I think I'm making a difference without being, I know, without being a nurse or a doctor or a dentist or something. Because sometimes people can say, well, it's, a, it's the arts, it doesn't count. But sometimes I feel like actually I'm showing that I'm showing that heritage is relevant, and it's about people's stories, mm. and it's about people. Mm. I think they mess with our noodles because they've cut us off from our heritage and from our history. Mm. And if we know that, they can't cut us off from it, and we have a better perspective. So we can't be fed so much crap. We will accept some of it. But I think if you've got a perspective, yeah. we've seen it all before. And that's why maybe when you get old, you go, yeah, you get bored and you wonder why people are cranky. It's because it's same old, same old. You know, it's just worse this time around a little bit, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I don't feel like I really work in heritage. I think my, my um, for me, it's about, uh, particularly because of where we are, that, that heritage is not seen as only white. Yeah. That's really yeah. important to me mm -hmm. because I feel like, you know, there are layers of things always and actually heritage is very much seen as a white thing as if we brown people haven't ever been here and, mm -hmm. and we also have a very British heritage. So I think that's probably the thing that I'm most interested in is how do you, how do you include people in that heritage that are not only white. Mm -hmm. But I also think what you've got to do is be careful, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, is you know, when you use heritage, you celebrate people. Yeah. But what often you do is you make people feel special and different. And I think that can be really bad. What you, and so the way I'm trying to look at heritage now is to be inclusive, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of urban myths around that people think this is it this is my her this is yeah. my heritage this mm -hmm. is it mm -hmm. and that's wrong as you mm -hmm. just said yeah. we but know that good old blitz stuff oh mm -hmm. yeah. 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 yeah it's black marketeering mm -hmm. and yeah. oh. oh god prostitution <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. it was on the way up but also um i've lost mm -hmm. um sorry <laughs> but um yeah but it's uh, i suppose what i want to do is try and get people to work and live together mm. and using it that way you know can, you know um you know What's the word? Um, oh, God, shit, I've forgotten. You know, place, placement, community... Um, mm. Come on. Like place-based stuff? Yeah, place-based stuff, but also making... <laughs> <laughs> you what? <laughs> no, it's It's the thinking one. Yeah, it's about community development mm. and yeah. trying to not make anyone feel more special than anyone else. And, and I cohesion. Think that's really important. Thank you that's very much. That's the word. I, I, was, I was trying to help <laughs> you with your click. <laughs> no, but I take your point because there's some... There's word heritage is already problematic. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it's a little bit like the word privilege is pro problematic. So working mm. class people go, oh, not privilege. It's yeah. because it's an academic word, yeah. misused, mm. blah, 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 yeah. blah. But yeah, you are. But you, you can't keep... Yeah. You're on a circle. And the same with you heritage. You have that conversation if you use different words. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different and the words. same with heritage. I think if different words different words are used. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, heritage is, especially in a place like this, an island, mm. it's all, bleh, it's all yeah. mixed up as well. But actually, you still have to hear people. Like, mm. There are people's stories that are only about that section. Do you know what I mean? So that's not... Sorry, so you can be this your little bored. one... <laughs> but actually, that's quite interesting. Going back to London is, you know, if you if you like me, your family go back to London, you know, to six, you know, seventeenth yeah, yeah. century. They are. I mean, my family is just boring, you like that. But you get a lot of people who go. Um, when I, especially when I was younger, I'm a Londoner. All these people coming in, you know, whether it's from the islands or or Scotland yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm a Londoner. And you go, actually, mate, if you looked at your history, because you're fine. Your granddad came here from yeah. Worcester or mm, or Ireland, and it's not what you think. Mm. See, I have the flip of that. I'm a Londoner, so, yeah. so I can be any. I can be anything. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Because some of them birth certificates went missing. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that about London, that Lon I think I, everyone always feels much more comfortable with identifying as a Londoner than anything else, because yeah. London can mean lots of things. Well, when yeah. I lived in Scotland, and people go, English this, English that, you have to suck some of that up, right? Because I have had a, mm -hmm. a rare tear of it up there. Um, I go, I'm not English. I go, oh. I go no, 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 I'm a Londoner. <laughs> and that's a different thing. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. <laughs>